Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, a DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I'm joined, as always, with Matt. Hey, up, up, and away. Unfortunately, Connor is not here. Now, this is really suspicious, because Connor was on schedule this week to do his uh, Connor's Corner, which one of our patrons pays for, for him to read a book of their choosing. Uh, The book, of course, that he's currently being (laughs) forced (laughs) <laughs> I love using that word. He's forced to read uh, as Red Hood and the Outlaws. Unfortunately, though, he uh, he 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 just conveniently remembered halfway through the week. Oh, my my anniversary is this this week uh, when we're meant to record, and he's not here. So, not to worry. He will be doing that on another week this month. He will be back, but uh, he is absent this week. The little scoundrel. Yeah. Who? I mean, number one, who misses the show for an anniversary? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and two, yeah. Had we not said that this was a Red Hood week, I'm sure, I'm sure it wouldn't have been as difficult to to move. He 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 made time for it. Is it? Yeah. He thought it was Sunday for some reason all week until he suddenly remembered, and it's just it's all very yeah. suspicious. Is absent under mysterious circumstances, may I say. Uh, the little terror, but here we are. Uh, so we're going to talk about this week's DC books, which is actually quite a short list this week. Week ones are typically a bit quieter, but we have six books to talk about. We got Batman number twenty six, Superman number twenty six, Nightwing number twenty four, Green Arrow number twenty six, Green Lanterns number twenty six, and Deathstroke number twenty one, which I did catch up on, and I will be discussing Deathstroke this week. So hey, I, I did something useful with the extra time to read. Yeah, there you go. So, that's fun. Uh, I also do plan on catching up on Aquaman. Uh, I am a fair bit further on that as well. I should be caught up for the issue this month, which I think is on week three. So, I should be talking... I mean, I'll be the only one talking about Aquaman, but uh, there will be some Aquaman talk for me at least uh, come week three. So, hey, that's good it's good things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do have a little bit of news before we, before we get to that, though. Ma, Ma, how was your week this week? Uh, anything fun happen? Anything exciting, notable that you'd like to share? No, no, not particularly. Uh, just been really hot. That's not as fun. So, no, it's not. S- summer's a bitch. Uh, here, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you what I hear about summer. That other than the heat, which, to be fair, isn't too bad here all that all that much all the time. But here's what I do hate. I hate the fact that now when I go to the, the theatre, the movies, during the day, because mm-hmm. I like when it's quiet. I like when there's almost no one there. I hate that right now it is crawling with children. Yeah. You go see Spider-Man, you're like, oh, what and he's quiet showing, so you go in the middle of the day, but no, they're everywhere. They're noisy, they're, they look sticky, <laughs> which is the worst part about you, kids. They, they always seem to have sticky fingers. Like that. You, oh. you sound like Dr. Grant in the beginning of Jurassic Park, where he goes, and they smell. They smell. Kids smell. They do smell. <laughs> they're awful. They're awful, awful creatures. Don't want no part of it. Uh, so yeah, that, that's upsetting me. Uh, it was actually, I mean, Spider-Man was uh, pretty good, but our review of that will be up on the YouTube channel uh, by the by the end of the weekend. Um, I'm actually, I, I mean, obviously we put Wonder Woman on the audio feed for comics yeah. from the multiverse. I don't know if people would want us to put the Spider-Man review on the audio feed, you know, because it's not DC, but they might still be interested in what we thought of Spider-Man. Yeah. So let us know. Yeah, I, I mean, it is a comic book movie. And- Chances are, even if you are a DC fan, you're going to go see Spider-Man Homecoming. Probably. I mean, so. I mean, do it. I mean, I mean, 
don't know. Let me know in the comments if you're if you if you're on the Patreon, you know, let us know on the Patreon or, or tweet mm-hmm. as you know at mailed underscore fuzz. If you if you would like the Spider Man review to be uh, an add sort of bonus audio episode for the comics podcast feed, uh, let us know. Mm-hmm. If you if you're watching this on YouTube, you don't care because you're going to watch it on YouTube anyway, so that's fine. Right. Uh, but yeah, so obviously that was a thing this week. Um, Honestly, this was a depressing week because this was the one week in the middle of the season that Twin Peaks took a week off, and my Sunday felt like there was just a void because there was no Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. It was it was heartbreaking. I know you don't care because yeah, it's David Lynch, but that. yeah, it's you know, Twin- a lot of my shows were off too. They normally watch, but that's mostly you know just disposable clip, you know, Tosh style stuff. So mm. nothing that impacts my week too much. Nah, that said, I did watch Jaws for the millionth time, I think, on the 4th of July, uh, which which doesn't mean anything to people outside the U.S., but, you know, it, it's a a holiday uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? I'm so tired. It's so hard. Ho- ho- holiday favorite? Holiday tradition? No, favorite. Yeah, it's a tradition, you know. So watch that while eating burgers and hot dogs. Uh yeah, it's it's good. That's yeah, fair. Uh, no, it's just Twin Peaks is kind of the highlight of it because there's, there's, there's not a lot of TV on right now, right? Yeah. So Twin Peaks is the one great show every week that I'm looking forward to. I'm excited about each week. So not having it on this past weekend was really depressing. Uh, it made the weekend feel really... i tell you what I have been doing this week, though. Uh, Crash Bandicoot uh, trilogy Ooh. got released on the on the, uh, the PS4. Uh, I was you, actually... mean, you mean PlayStation's Mario? Crash Bandicoot? Mario Wishes. Oh, that's hefty words there. Mario Wishes. I, I'm not a Nintendo guy. I never really had Nintendo growing up. I, I had Sega, then I had PlayStation, uh, and went from there. But, no, so I've been playing a lot of the, the remastered Insane Trilogy. I just, in fact, I just beat Crash Bandicoot 2 earlier, just before oh. we started. Uh, not long before we started recording. I, I always liked the, the Tiki's being there. Hmm. Like, I always thought that was a fun little thing. Uh... Also, the villain designs are always real cool. Back when I played the Vigi games, yeah, so yeah. it's good fun. Ed, one's hard as shit. I'm about halfway through one. I'm about halfway yeah. through three, and I've beaten two. Although I've not got all the gems yet, but uh, it's, yeah, it's a good time. It was it was cheap as well. It's a forty dollar game as well. You know, when most are sixty, got all three games out of it. it was good, nice, good fun time. I've been dabbling in that. So yeah, I guess I guess we'll get on to some comic DC comic stuff now. <laughs> we'll get the small talk out of the way. But like I say, six books. So there's a little bit more of the small talk at the start of the show, just to sort of. Uh, I don't want to use the word pad, but we're padding things out a little bit. Make you feel like so, a, a, a full a meal. Bit. Yeah. Well, we're minus a Connor's corner. Yeah. And yeah. it's a smaller week. Week one tends to usually be my favorite week, just because I have time to read everything. I don't have to rush. Hmm. But but yeah. But we got some big news. We, we did. Big we, news. we had uh, obviously we've we've heard about uh, Sean Murphy's uh, Batman book that's been coming up. Uh, he's been talking about it, how it's going to be like a, a mini. It's going to be his big big final thing on Batman, and he's he's writing it and drawing it. And obviously we're we were curious about what that is. Uh, we found out this week that it's called Batman White Knight. It is an Elseworld, although they're not actually using that word because it seems like they're just not using that word anymore. Even though I mean we're still going to call it that because we're DC fans and that's what their words always been. But yeah, for whatever reason. Uh, but yeah, so it's called Batman White Knight, and it has a slightly different concept than, than I think we were expecting. 
Uh, it's basically flipping the roles and what if Batman was the villain and the Joker was the hero and mm. that's what it's, it's going to be uh, I've got a quote here on let me yeah so yeah the line Batman rides between noble vigilante and overzealous oppressor will always be shifting as our own society changes we know the Joker is a genius we know that he's relentless and we know that he can play the crowd so why not make him a politician uh, Frank, model, Frank Miller modelled him after David Bowie uh, Chris Nolan showed him as a controlled sociopath I see the Joker as Don Draper So That is terrifying I Again, not having ever watched Mad Men but three episodes mm. I do know a lot about Don Draper and how manipulative that dude is and you're going to put that with the Joker and make him the good guy That's that's kind of scary yeah, uh, so this this is hitting on October 4th, so it's a week one book, that's nice, that's a good yeah. week for it. <laughs> yeah, right, right before my birthday too, a nice little present to myself. I was trying it. Uh, as far as this concept goes, I mean, I'm not sure, like I'm kind of in this weird place where I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm not like upset about it, but I'm like, you're going to have to prove this to me, because right now I'm just kind of like, okay, I guess, sure, give it so- a try. So the part of me that doesn't enjoy Batman that much is like, oh, yeah, look, they're making Batman the bad guy. Finally, people see him like I see him. But then the, the rational part of my brain, which, you know, let's say it's a little bit smaller, goes, yeah, but I hate when they make Superman the bad guy just to make him the bad guy. So it's, it's at this weird spot. Like I can definitely see where Murphy's coming from, where Batman can represent a corruption of law and order. You know, like, mm. when he was created, you could just punch crime in the face, right? That was the, the 40s. Now it's a little bit more different. It's like, what what exactly constitutes crime in the society we're living where people villain, like, they, they villainize the... One minute. So what happens when you link your iPad with your phone and you think everything's shut off? Poor show. That's all I'm saying. Poor show. Yeah. Poor show on my part. But where was I going with that? Where he's... Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe that's not the, the way. We, have, we live in a society that likes to, to villainize the media because it doesn't cover up the way they feel like it should. Mm. You know? So how exactly would Batman's message fit nowadays towards like, oh, he's, he's hurting people more than he's helping people. And, you know, and I'd like to see what, what Joker, who's been hurt by him so many times before... You know, he has first hand knowledge of that. Yeah, I mean, comparing it to that Nightwing mini that's coming out uh, by Higgins, see, which I'm not particularly looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, I'm not. See, that, that this has the benefit of A, having absolutely gorgeous art, or some preview pages and there's yeah. a front cover, uh, and it looks absolutely stunning. It's, so they are, at least, it gets me interested, but. Because it is coming from the one creator and because of the way he's talking about it, it does feel like it is coming from this creative place where he's got this idea that he wants to do. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily convinced that I'm going to like the idea, but I'm a lot more intrigued by whatever his story is going to be. Yeah. Because honestly, I feel like even though they're... Because I, th- I feel like they're boiling it down to this really simple thing right now where they're saying, oh, Batman's the villain and Joker's the hero. It wouldn't surprise me that if by the end of this story that won't still be true or like it'll, you know, it'll go places with it. Whereas I feel like right now it's a really obvious, you know, headline for the articles to say, oh, that's Batman story coming up. Batman's the villain and Joker's the hero and Joker's this politician. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and obviously the front cover for the, the first issue has a has a sort of normal looking Harley Quinn as well, sort of on his shoulder. So we have 
so we have this. Uh, but no, I mean, the art looks gorgeous. Um, I'm definitely wanting to give it a shot. I'm, but yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely sold on the concept, but I'm definitely willing to give it a try. Yeah, as am I. So that's kind of where I fall on it. Uh, as with anything with these Elseworlds, like so often they kind of like they kind of have to prove what is the point of this story because even though it's doing something different, it has to be examining something to do with the character and how how does this change it? Kind of like you know, like Superman Red Son. It's like oh, well, so what happens if he grows up with other parents in another part of the world and mm-hmm. how does that affect the man he becomes and so on? So. Uh, no, I'm I'm curious, but that's a uh, Batman White Knight that is launching in October, October fourth specifically, uh, and it'll be monthly, I do believe. And it's eight issues long, so it's good. There's a thing. And it's, uh, it's almost running concurrent with Metal, too. So we'll be getting a lot of a lot of Batman in the fall. Like. <laughs> I, I bet you're excited about that, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Metal. So it's I'm excited for this because, like you said. Murphy Arts, always good. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and, and some of the images that they released with this are just, God, the detail he can put into things. You know, that like my, my Twitter background is still a, a commission he did of Back to the Future. You know, and just everything looks so right. So I like to see him play around in Gotham a little bit. Yeah. All right, well, uh, speaking of Batman, let's get on to some books for this week. So we'll start off, of course, with Batman number 26, Tom King writing, uh, Mikkel Janin on art. Why have I got David Finch's name written in there as well? That's weird. Uh, uh, you don't want to confuse those two uh, at all. That is a, that is a whole... Because a little, little uh, peek behind the curtain here. Whenever I'm doing these documents for these, I always copy the, the week from the previous month. And apparently uh, I just forgot to delete the previous name. Uh, uh, oh, that doesn't even make sense. I don't think Finch was on this show last month. No. Whatever. Whatever. Batman 26. Uh, second part of War Jokes and Riddles. Uh, obviously, Giant's art is once again absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's f- right off the bat, no pun intended. That's what I, uh, <laughs> what I point out. Uh, but this was basically kind of the escalation of the war, the start of the recruitment, at least from Riddler's side, uh, mm-hmm. and kind of the declaration. And the way this issue kind of focused on this was Batman's narrating this. And again, it's all past tense, he's telling Selena. Because right. uh, again, we get to the last page and he's with her in present day. Uh, yeah. He's basically. The, the technique here is that as it's going through, it's, it, all these people are dying, whether it's henchmen of uh, Carmine Falcone, whether it's uh, innocent civilians. Basically, it's uh, like Batman's naming all of them. He's like, no, this is this person, this was this person. Yeah. This person was doing it for this reason. This person had this family. He's like, And as we're going through, it's like a... It's almost just like a, here's everyone who died. It's, like, it's a body count is essentially what yeah. it is uh, as this is starting. Well, they're all casualties of this war. Yeah. Uh, and what, what I liked about this issue is it really feels like it's setting up like kind of like how big a deal this this war is, like how how horrific it is. Uh, well, but- and it looks like too like oh like for zero year and I hate that that's what it's called mm-hmm. was kind of an origin for Batman. This seems like this is the origin of where we are now with the different supervillains because seems like Joker was well known and Riddler had a zero year thing. But, like, here we have Carmine Falcone. He's kind of deposed here uh, as the, the crime king of Gotham. And he's not running concurrent like we've seen in, in stories of the past. And it looks like Cobblepot was put in that spot by Joker. Yeah, uh, Penguin's actually working for uh, Falcone until Joker comes mm-hmm. in and says, you work for me now. Uh, 
Interesting to see if we, we, we get a glimpse of how Penguin breaks away from him to do his own thing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, yeah, Joker goes to Carmine and says, like, hey, Riddler needs to be dead in an hour or, you know, uh, or yeah. else. Uh, and that's all he says and hangs up the phone. And Carmine's like, yeah, what are you waiting for? Go and, go and kill him. Uh, and when they, when they fail, uh, partly because Poison Ivy's there and she, she sort of gets in the mix of what's going on. Yeah. And... Uh, when it, when he fails, Joker like shows up. Oh, here's your mother's teeth, and he's got them lined up on oh. the on the table and a smile. Uh, and I, my favorite part of the scene, of course, is when uh, Cobblepot points out. But wait a minute, his mother was in Metropolis. That's three hours away, and you gave him an hour to do this. Yeah. Uh, it's that's that glorious dark little thing where the Joker either expected him to fail or just didn't care and did it anyway. Right. <laughs> like that's. It's just that that brutality. Uh, speaking of Joker, I'm I'm looking at the page right now where he's he's trying to smile in the mirror, and yeah. he, he he just can't. He keeps trying, and he's just pissed that he's not smiling. Uh, mm-hmm. it's glorious stuff. Janin is killing it. His so we all know that I love Poison Ivy. Like mm-hmm. his Poison Ivy here is and you know other artists draw her really sexed up. Like you know they use it as an excuse to put her in like next to nothing. Here she is fully clothed, and and still has that poison ivy vibe to her. Like, yeah. that's so like you you still buy her as the plant lady. Here, yeah. you know. You, you know, I might bring up actually since we're on that scene. Uh, there was some controversy this week. Some people were upset at this book because poison ivy kills people. <laughs> um, which um, a it's a it's a it's a flashback story. You well, know, so. this is the thing. Like, if you're going to argue with me, okay, Poison Ivy now has developed more into something of an anti-hero yeah. and maybe wouldn't do that. Okay, that's fine. But this is meant to be like uh, after a year of Batman's existence, she should have been a villain yeah. at some point. Uh, exactly. I, I really and don't. She, I don't like. We know the, she's an eco terrorist. Yeah. You know? like, I don't. I don't like the idea that she was always that way. Like she, yeah. she had to be a villain at some point. Uh, yeah. And to me, yeah, Poison Ivy did kill people at some. You know. Well, yeah, she she's not a mutant. She has a tragic backstory as well. Like, she she wasn't born with these powers and developed them over time. It's like she got them in a freak accident, and was driven out of power. So it makes sense that she would have a body count. And then, even through meeting Harley or regaining touch with humanity, she's become more of an antihero. And here, even though like the, these people are trying to kill her, because they they warn her get out of the way and she doesn't uh they gave her plenty of chances to move so you know so they're coming after her as well so you could even say it's self-defense if you want to but yeah like i think that's just dumb reasoning if if you're mad about that yeah it it really did not bother me at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I never even thought about it until i saw people complaining about it online i'm like well really this is a this is a problem uh but no so so she's been recruited by riddler uh, and there's some great stuff as well. I actually, I, I do like Batman's outfit in this. It's just kind of... Yeah. I, I, I guess it's a, his new 52 outfit, but it looks great because it's Janin. Yeah, but it's so. classic. Like, it's as cool as the purple looks that, that he's gotten since. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the Batman I always think of. Like, you know, the dark colors because he hides in shadows. Yeah, yeah, the green and so, the black. That's, yeah. that's his thing. Um, I do like the opening scene uh, with Joker. Going yeah, into this straight. random family's house and you just see the, the gunshots and Batman's like narrating saying, you know, that there's a wife Who and kids were. in there, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, again, it's setting this idea up that something's brewing, that these dark forces, and when it does get to that final sort of moment where he finds uh, Carmine Falcone's mother and, and another, you know, in, in Metropolis, yeah. and he's looking at the dead body, that's when the narration shifts, and he's like, oh, this is like before, this, is, this was just the start of it, and people were like, oh, yeah, this is just the normal sort of bodies that pop up in Gotham once in a while, but yeah. he's like, no, these were happening too quick. This was, this was the start of something big, and then that's when you get those gorgeous double-page spreads of... Uh, Riddler yeah. and his recruits, which appear to be Scarecrow, Croc, Clayface, Two-Face, Zaz, Deathstroke, and Firefly. Firefly, yep. Uh, and then you get the double-pitch spread, of course, of Joker and his recruits. So it's got Grundy, Freeze, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, uh, Scarface, Mad Hatter, Deadshot, Man Bat, and... Oh, one that looks I like, Who's that dude? Looks like Sportsmaster. Okay. Like, one of those type that's kind of... Expendable. So some D-lister who's probably going to be dead by the end of the. Yeah. He's, he's and I will say this too. I, I I tend to like the the characters that ended up siding with Riddler tend mm-hmm. to be more of my favorite Batman guys because they seem to be the more conflicted of the of them. I mean, outside of Scarecrow and Zaz, of course. Yeah, I'll, I'll be uh, curious to see how Joker got Freeze and Deadshot because the yeah. rest of them are all kind of crazy. So I, I yeah. buy that he recruits them. Whereas Although and... this is if this is Snyder's freeze, it makes sense. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. He was never Nora was never really his wife. So uh he had an unhealthy fascination. But yeah, Deadshot's just kinda of blue collar. I kill people for money for my daughter. You know? Like, yeah, true. Yeah, maybe he's just getting paid well. That's that's a fair. Yeah, but so he's the one that sticks out like a sore thumb there. Um it makes sense that Joker reach out to Grundy. Like, I want to see that scene. I want to see how he recruited Grundy. Uh, what, what what would Grundy even want? For exactly. I, I don't know. Exactly. So, it's... Uh, those those double-page threads are glorious. Like, And they each have, like, the, the question marks with the names underneath. And then you get to the next one, and they're all Joker cards with the names. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Janin kills it. Janin's... Ever since the first time I saw his work was in, I think, Justice League Dark. And I was like, oh man, this dude's next level. And now you put him on this book and all the eyes are on it. It's well fitting. Yeah, and when you get to the last page, because that's kind of what we get, because Batman's kind of like narrating and he's talking about how. Because obviously in the last issue, he uh, he said to her something along the lines of, uh, before we move forward with this, you have to know what I did in the war jokes and riddles. So it's hinting that he had to do something that maybe he's not proud of to solve this. <laughs> um, and it's like as he's narrating here and he's talking about this war, he's saying, "Oh, I was I was Batman for a year, and people were calling me the Dark Knight, the the Crusader, world's greatest detective. I was a member of the Justice League. Uh, I was brave. I was bold. I was a superhero." And he ends the the, the book saying, "I was a superhero." Uh, but as he says that, and he's with Selina, the background is just this 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 wall of faces, presumably dead people, the victims yep. that died during during the war. And I think it's really building up to whatever bad choice he makes, that might make us look at him a little bit differently. That might make us yeah. go, oh, right, he, he maybe did something that was a little bit darker that he shouldn't have done. And I don't think he killed someone, because that would be a kind of a betrayal no. of the character. But, but, but desperate times call for desperate yeah. measures, and if he made alliances with certain people, like... We don't see Penguin, right, on here, on on the Joker's team. That's true. So I'm wondering if he made an alliance with, like, the established criminal element. Because the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. 
Um, so, or if we could see Matches Malone and Matches Malone plays some kind of, you know, role in this. This doesn't feel like the sort of story that they're going to break out Matches Malone. I could be wrong, but it doesn't feel... Yeah. I, I feel like Matches Malone typically pops up in a more light-hearted uh, tale. Yeah, but imagine him making deals as Matches Malone, and that's a, what's the problem. Yeah, maybe. You know? Because, uh, I mean, he really can't approach it as Bruce Wayne, and Batman's already in the fray. Like, I, But I did love his his whole narration about what he was and the way that he says that. He was those things. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like whatever he did during this war made yeah. made him look at himself differently. Even if everyone else still yeah. sees Batman and still sees the superhero, right. this is where he maybe lost his innocence, where he sees himself <laughs> as someone who... Okay, he's still doing this, but part of it's also for atonement. Part of it's also because he doesn't deserve yeah. to live a normal life because of whatever he did to win this fight to stop this war. But I think what this issue does really well is it really sets up this idea that so many people are dropping dead because of it, that the stakes are so high that all these bodies... And the idea that even now, at the end of this issue, when he's telling Selena, like, this story... Like he is plagued with the faces of everyone who died in that, that in that war, I, either because he, he feels responsible that so many people died, or because these are the reasons why he made the choice he did. Uh, but it's setting the stakes up really well, and I, I feel like oh no, this feels big. Whatever this is, whatever's whatever's going to go down, they're really try they're setting it up so that whenever it happens, it's justified by the chaos and the death and the loss mm-hmm. that's preceded it. Uh, so. No, I, I, thought it was an, I thought it was an all solid, solid issue. Uh, I, I think it's really funny that, you know, back back when Rebirth started, we were all, oh, Detective Comics is the, the easily the, the better of the two Batman books. And, mm-hmm. you know, Batman was fine, but it wasn't uh, knocking it out of the park. Well, he's, King has found his footing, definitely. Like, I had to get through the I Am Bane, or I Am Suicide to get through I Am Bane. But he's found his footing, and I fully, he gets Batman. Yeah, I feel, yeah. I feel like... I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily always better than Detectives now, but I feel like it's more yeah. of a fight. Like, it depends on what's... Like, I feel like right now, War of Jokes and Riddles is better than the arc that we've got in Detective right now. Yeah. Well, it almost feels like it's on purpose. Like, they're, they're mm. trading. <laughs> like, well, you get to tell the kick-ass story this time, now I'll get to. And I feel like Superman's doing the same thing with mm. Superman in action. Although Superman seems to be more on the good side of that one, or the more interesting. So... Uh, I like that they do that though, because it's as someone that reads almost everything. You know, you can you notice these things more than someone that's just reading one or the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, I'm excited to see more of uh, War of Jokes and Riddles. It's, it's actually really funny because when they announced this, we went, "Ah, oh, flashback story." Uh, and I think that was just because of Zero Year. But like, yeah. when we actually started seeing some artwork from it, when we started seeing what it was about, and then we actually read the issues, uh, yeah. I've been really. Really into yeah, I, was, I wasn't here to talk about the first issue, but that that could go down by the end of 2017 as my favorite single issue. No, so, no, let's not spoil the end of year awards, Matt. That we're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying we're halfway through the year right now, and it's it was really strong. I mean, it felt like a Michael Mann movie told in a comic book. Hmm. Uh, had that just the tone and the style. This though, it shifted that to a little bit, which is fine. Because you want them to each issue to feel a little bit different. Oh yeah, do, do you know what I like though. I like that. You know, obviously having someone tell the story and uh, you know, and you know, in hindsight, mm-hmm. as if they're as if they're recounting it. Obviously, that's a common device that's used in a lot of stories and even yeah. comic books. But what I like about it here is that 
because comics are so serialized that it's not just like a oh we're, I've, I've thought of a story and we're going to have this device to tell the story like, you know a lot of movies do that where it's like, oh a character's going yeah. to be telling the story to other characters whereas here it's happening because of the story that's happening in present day that we've already been having and we've already set up right. and he's being prompted to tell her this because it's a big part of who he is right now uh, yeah, and, well, it's like him coming clean to her before, you know, they, they shack up, if they shack yeah. up, because yeah. we still yeah. really don't know, you know, she could just steal his heart and run away, and she runs, he chases, like, that's their gimmick, so, but no, I like that, I, I do have a problem, because I forget that he's telling, because it's just the narrator boxes, and then you get to the end, and you're reminded, oh yeah, this is kind of pillow talk, <laughs> I think that's, but I feel that that's the the goal, is they they throw you in the past and then remind you, at the end of each issue. I, th- I so. think I think throughout the whole thing though, you never you never lose the idea that he is, like he's telling this story because it means something to him. It's, it's like yeah. it feels personal the entire time, uh, mm-hmm. as much as the story itself is spanning between two sets of villains and whatnot. And it's also worth mentioning that uh, there's a homage to Batman 1989. Uh, with the Riddler getting fixed up by a doctor, yeah, and it's like the, it's just, it's the scene with the Joker in Batman '89 when he's uh, asking for the mirror. Where, where do they get a lot of me? Aye, well, that comes, that comes a little bit later, but aye. yeah, 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 but that that's what sets it up. Yeah, and then Riddler kills the uh, kills the doctor. Um, yeah. so he also draws a question mark with a razor blade onto his chest. Yeah, because he's, he's got like the the wound from where he was shot, and he mm-hmm. draws a question mark so that that, sh- that bullet holes the, right. the point on the Punctu- punctuation. Yeah, yeah. So. Which uh, which I'm liking this Riddler, even though traditionally I liked Riddler as the he's the brains. He doesn't you know he doesn't necessarily get violent, but this like his dealing with the Joker is really what what made him up to the fact that you know yeah he's a, he's a Batman villain because he's dangerous, not just because he's crazy. Well, yeah, that, well, that was the thing. Uh, the, the the police characters in this, they're talking... Oh, it's not police characters. I think it's the news characters. Because mm-hmm. we, we hear like news broadcasters were looking at Joker, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Riddler usually leaves a cryptic clue and it has to be solved. But th- in this occasion, when he left a message, it just said, I'm going to kill Joker. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just flat out said that. And you get the idea that him... The Joker shooting him has ignited something that's taken away his usual playful spirit. Where he's like, no, usually he wants to play the game and he wants to do his riddles and all that. But this, this has kind of made him unhinged. This has done something else to him. Yeah. He's, he's angry. Uh, so no, uh, that that said, I'm still expecting riddles to play a part in some way. But we'll mm-hmm. see how that that involves. There you go. That's uh, that's Batman. All right, that'll take us on to Superman number 26. Uh, don't have the usual team on this one, actually. It's Michael Morecci yeah. and Scott Godlewski uh, on the book this, this this well, I say this month, this week is obviously uh, twice yeah. a month. Um, and this is a sort of one-shot fill-in uh, before giving the regular team, you know, uh, Tomasi and Gleason a little chance to catch up in whatever they're doing. Yeah. And uh, this is a story about... Clark having some trouble teaching John a couple of things about being a hero and it kind of has a couple of cool flashbacks to him being taught some lessons by Jonathan when he was a kid and it's, it's mostly about parenting about how you have to let your kid make your, their own mistakes and kind of yeah. learn on their, for their own rather than just telling except, them what's wrong except when your kid's learning from that jerk friend of theirs you don't really like because mm-hmm. John was very much Damien here 
you know. I mean, I, I I like this issue. I enjoyed the most of it, and I enjoyed most of the art. But both the writing and the art had one or two things that were just like sort of nitpicks. Where I'm like, yeah, like in the art, I thought like John sometimes looked like he was a too old, and uh-huh. b he had like this almost like his hair was just a little bit too long, and he had this sort of emo yeah. teenager thing going for him. And I'm like, yep. Wait a minute. When did that happen? He was like ten <laughs> in the last issue of Redman. It was kind of weird and just just didn't jive with my current perception of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's again as well the way he was kind of like arguing with Superman was kind of weird because it, it, it did feel a bit more Damien esque. Uh, even to the, but even again though to be fair when he comes in the room and like John's like doing push ups he's like well Damien always says you have to start the day early. It's like oh, yeah. okay all right yeah, so maybe they're they're hinting that you know Damien's had an influence on him. He does, but that's not the influence you want. <laughs> like, no, he's... probably not. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that was my main problem with this issue. I did like, you know, Clark having issues with parenting because he's Superman. He's supposed to do everything perfect, but this is the first time he's doing that. So, you know, I get there's a little bit of growing pains. It also feels like something with Pa Kent's coming. I feel like we're getting a lot of the Kents lately. Um, and, and maybe. Like, you know, it just feels like they're seeding things throughout. Because we had, we had the the destruction of the, the statues in the in Action Comics at hmm. the Fortress. And now we have him reminiscing about his dad. So, it's it's a bit, not strange, but... I mean, something I'm picking up on. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. I don't actually see that as this is like a tease for that, though. It feels just more like a... You know, because we, we all know about Superman's relationship with his, his parents, and I feel mm-hmm. like it was an easy way here of like kind of relating that to what he's going through with John. And yeah. uh, and I, I like the over-idea this year. It was, it was a kind of a sweet little story yeah. as a result. Um, I, do, I do I do think when Damien... Uh, Damien? I, I do think when hey, John... you see? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> But I do think when John actually does kind of learn, because, you know, they're fighting some monster dude and he, he gets mm-hmm. whacked and he's like, oh no, I was wrong, I should have listened to you, Dad. I thought, yeah. that felt a bit easy. Like, it doesn't really feel like, you know, yeah. one, one hit maybe doesn't feel like enough well, to it, go, oh, Dad, I was wrong all along. You were right, I should have listened to you. Yeah, but it was also the, it reminded him of, of Manchester Black because it was a psychic kind of attack. Mm. So, that, again, a little bit too easy too because that just what we came from, you know? Yeah, I, I felt I felt like maybe he just should have been backhanded and had the sense knocked into him, there, you know. And he's a little bit dazed, and that's when Clark's like, "See, you can't go rushing in, kid." You know, let him learn a little bit the hard way. But yeah. I also love how uh, Superman, the the two guys that he's dealing with, uh, the, the aliens that are sending the drones. Hmm. Superman's like, uh, "These guys again." They're kind of just like D level. And that's why he let John kind of rush in. That weren't an actual threat. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, as far as villains go, this was like a fine little one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not com- complete. And honestly, you know, obviously Black Dawn had a couple of shaky issues that ultimately kind of soured yeah. the arc to a fair extent. And mm-hmm. I will say that I did like the art in this for the most part. Like I say, John's face was often a. a bit of contention but otherwise it you know it was the action looked good mm-hmm. uh, good colours all that kind of stuff uh, but no that was that's kind of it's kind of a simple issue uh, yeah 
I, I did like uh, the scenes with Jonathan. The flashbacks were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like any time they use Pa Kent. I love that relationship. And and that's what I always liked in the movie, in, in the 1978 movie. When he dies, it's something that Clark can't prevent because it was a heart attack. Mm. You know? And it, it always... It really just rang true on their relationship because it's really... When you're talking about a guy that can fly and has super strength, a vulnerability of his parents' death is what gets to him and shakes his worldview. So I like that he's reminiscing here about his dad and his dad teaching him lessons. And, you know, sure, you shouldn't use your superpowers for everything, but sometimes it's okay. You know, you got to do things your way because we're different no matter what. That's ultimately what he learns in that whole scenario is that he's trying to teach him to do things the way he does them. And he's like, no, but you're different. You have to kind of learn to do it your own way. and. Uh, that kind of thing. So, it, look, the ultimate message of this show was was pretty good. It just, yeah, you know, it was kind of like a solid seven, I guess. If you if you're kind of rating it, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. I, it's a delicate hand to write the sons of Superman and Batman because we've seen this with Damien too. If it's not the right person writing him, he comes off really bad. Yeah, like a uh, Lazarus contract where it felt like he yeah. just he was forced out of what he should be just to fit the story a little bit. Exactly. And that's how I feel here. I feel like, yeah, you can have John being a little bit rebellious, but you don't need to write him as Damien, you know, as just this little shit that yeah, does yeah. things his own way. Because like, he, cause he, he could have made all these same mistakes without having the same attitude problem. Yeah, like he could have just been all just trying to help. That's that's always what gets me with, with uh, John is anytime he messes up, he's just trying to help. It's like when he went... Uh, and it, when they first found that mansion in the swamp, you know, he mm. was helping Kathy look for the cow. And that's how he gets into trouble. So, but but definitely, I mean, it's a delicate hand. And we know Tomasi's great at writing both. So it stands out a little bit more when he's not. Yeah. Uh, but there you go, that's Superman. Uh, simple little one. Uh, I'll take us on to Nightwing, number 24. Tim Seeley writing Miguel Mendoncha on art. This is uh, the third part of the blockbuster arc. Uh, uh-huh. And I feel like we're going to be quick on this one as well, because this issue ended up being one long action scene for the most part. There was, there was, yeah. there was one scene with, uh, like, uh, what's her face? The face of uh, Sean. Sean. <laughs> Took me a second. Uh, you know, when Pigeon shows up and she's talking to, uh, uh, is Mouse her name? Is that the right uh, name? Mouse. Mouse, yeah, because it's uh, Giz, Giz and Mouse. Yeah, G- G- Giz is kind of the uh, like you know Nightwing's guy in the computer uh, for this issue. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm not much of a computer guy as you are, right? Mm-hmm. When he says that something is two thousand gigs, shouldn't oh, he yeah. just say two terabytes? Yeah, that annoyed the shit out of me. I, yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up. No, no one would say two thousand gigabytes. That is so no. weird. That is two terabytes. What is wrong with yep. you? That's, yeah, I saw that, and I, I had to look it up just to make sure, you know, but yeah, who it just, says... It, it just read so wrong, so I'm like, wait, 2,000 yeah. gigabytes, why would you say that? Because yeah. you never hear anyone talk about thousands of gigabytes, because you don't need to. There's, no. There's another you increment. just talk about a terabyte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah, so I was like, so yo, weird. you're the computer guy, Giz is your name. Like, so I feel he's a bit of a, of a pretender. Here, maybe you know? I, I feel like maybe Silly just I don't know maybe he doesn't. Lots of judgment. Yeah, maybe he doesn't know computer talk, and he's just yeah. not 
thought about it or maybe is trying to make a point with it. I'm not really sure. Uh, well, just, 2,000 gigabytes seems like a lot more than 2 terabytes to the average person. I guess. So, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, it's nothing to, to focus on that much. I was just like... I oh, know, yeah, it's a nitpick, but it, was just, it, was, it stood yeah. out to me when he said it. It was weird. Me too. Um, but yeah, so Pigeon shows up and it's just the idea that Pigeon's out in parole and she's like coming to you know, talk to Sean and we don't really see any more of it. It's just kind of... That, that's kind of it. Uh, but the rest of the issue is one giant... There's a lot of double page spreads. There's a lot of Nightwing fighting yep. all these villains that are here. Because remember, if you remember, they're at this kind of uh, show and tell. This arms dealer who's got these weapons. Yep. Uh, Tiger Shark, of course, is the one doing this. Uh, Blockbuster's brought in Nightwing so they can use their fancy weapons to kill Nightwing to show all these villains. Hey, look, our... They work. They work for killing superheroes, even though Nightwing's not got any powers. So your point's kind of moot in this sense. But... Whatever, they don't know that. Um, yeah. But So we get a lot, obviously Skyhook was there, uh, Vertigo's there. Uh, what I thought was fun actually with this issue is they used this to like, actually have a lot of cool little cameos from other books. Because Kid yeah. Amazo's there from Super Sons, which I thought was really cool. Uh, China White and the Triad. Ch- China White. Uh, the Underground Men from uh, Green Arrow, along with Clock yep. King, who popped up in Green Arrow not a lot long ago. Yep. Uh, so, no, there was a lot of fun little things like that, where it was like, yeah, it's all, I mean, there's no A-listers, they're all like C-listers, but right. still, it was a nice little fun idea that all these different characters that have been popping up yeah. in other books all kind of showed up for this. So that was, that was kind of yeah. cool. And I love how the 90s themselves showed up with Magog, just because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, and, and Dick even gets some little shots in on there. Like his cybernetic arm and his cybernetic eye and this lance that he carries, like I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, art's art's pretty good. Uh, I like specifically as a page towards the end where Dix looks sort of like he's down for the count for a second, then he gets back up. There's just this great little sequence of his eyes opening and getting yeah. back up. Uh, so that was quite good. Blockbuster is, is starting to annoy me a little bit because this back and forth of. Hey, I'm a good guy. Actually, no, I'm not. But hey, yes, I am. I fight for, you know, I'm doing this for Bloodhaven. Because uh, I'm one of the people that grew up here. And it's just like, well, it would mean more if he doesn't flip every single issue. Well, so This is issue three we've had of him, and it's his second turn. I don't, well, see, I don't count this wasn't as a turn, though. I think it's like I disagree. I mean, I don't even know. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm super down with his character, necessarily. But that this one didn't feel like a turn to me. To me, he's still a villain. He's kind of like the villain who's like, oh, I'm going to save it, but only me is going to save it, so I'm going to kill you to do it. He's still a villain here. I, I just think... I, I know that, but I'm saying his whole tone of, of dealing with Nightwing, like, if, if he's meant to be Nightwing's new, you know, adversary of Bluehaven, mm. you know, I just, it feels his tone's off, because I feel like he's still too buddy-buddy with Nightwing. I guess you know? that's just like, the... Here, pal. I guess that's just the attitude they're going with for him. But that's his sort of characterization yeah. where he's he's always going to like speak this way. But he leaves Nightwing for dead here because the big cliffhanger, of course, is that uh, yeah. he's setting off a bomb and we end with this explosion and Nightwing's saying to Giz, tell Sean I... And then, you know, boom, that's boom. a big cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, the biggest action movie cliffhanger of all time. Yeah, and it, it looks like a proper blast. That that last panel, because it's this little island with a, a derelict ship on it and the, from uh, yeah. if I remember last issue correctly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that was a fun issue. Honestly, there's not a lot to talk about. It is almost entirely one big action sequence of Nightwing just kind of working his way through all these various villains, which is some fun cameos, some fun art. Uh, I agree. But that, that, that is kind of it. It's kind of this, this whole gauntlet and 
uh, I, I guess what this this does for the arc as a whole is it, it kind of it kind of kind of shows you just kind of how uh, manipulative that that blockbusters willing to be because if yeah. he is if he's playing Tiger Shark as well again for his his own means then certainly he's willing to screw over anyone just to do what he wants. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how that progresses. But no, pretty simple issue. I read this super quick because it was just yeah, like I say, a lot of double pitch spreads, just lots of kicking and punching and all sorts. Uh, yeah. Nightwing sort of he's in her monologue, just kind of trying to work out how to best fight through the situation. Pretty pretty typical stuff, but but solid. Um, yeah. There you go. That's Nightwing. Uh, that'll take us on to Green Arrow number twenty six. Benjamin Percy Wright and Stephen Byrne on art. This is the first official part of the hard traveling hero where Oliver's out on the road. Uh, quite literally, he's on his bike. He's uh, driving through. Yeah, and he hasn't made it that far from from Star City. I almost call it Seattle, because he's he's in the mountains that surround. Yeah, he's still he's still uh, in the, the same Cascades. state. He's still he's still in yeah. Washington, so he's not gotten super far yet. Uh, but basically, he runs into the Flash, who's out there investigating because there's some weird speed force anomalies going on. Yeah, <laughs> that's affecting stuff. And basically, speed force deer. Yeah, <laughs> weird. And basically, what it turns out is happening is that. Black Hole from Flash, who has he describes to Oliver as the the evil Star Labs, uh, and the Nine Circle are doing something together. They are they are working together to develop a Speed Force bomb, which they're going to set off in Washington D.C. Yeah. And that's kind of what we find out as the issue goes on. Uh, what a lot of the issue is though uh, is Oliver and Flash not really trusting each other, and Oliver being a little bit uptight about it, and he'd be like, "Oh, so do you want to team up there?" And Barry's like. Nah, you know that's kind of the last thing I need right now. Yeah. So you. Yeah. I do like that it continues the the Barry and Ollie not liking each other, but both considering Hal their best buddy. Although I don't know if Ollie is still a buddy of Hal's here. Um, I'm not sure actually. It's a good question. Yeah, but based off of the last you know small story of Flash, mm. we had you know we know that they're still cool. So, uh, but yeah, I, I liked how dismissive Flash is here. And he's almost kind of a jerk, which I'm not used to Barry being. Dude, what the funny thing uh, is, yeah. though, is that I, I actually side with them because we've, we've seen Oliver oh, enough to too. know. Because Oliver is a bit of a dickhead at times. And, well, and he messes things up because he rushes in half cocked. Yeah. And when you have super speed, you really can rush in and deal with these things where you have a guy that's just going to kind of be an anchor. You know? Yeah, but I actually really like the, the whole bit where Oliver's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not much of a follower. That's why Batman and Superman don't let me in the league. And then Flash's like, no, actually, it's because you're a jerk. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's that simple. I, I love that. Although I do love, too, that he, he has that sense about himself. Mm. Like, because everyone's the hero in his, their own story. And, and here we're getting another perspective from Barry. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say the art is mostly very good. Burns obviously a good artist. I do occasionally have a problem with his faces, where like uh, for example the the first full page spread where Flash shows up, you know, like, go, mm-hmm. go to the page and it, oh, oh it's you. Uh, Barry's face, there's just something a little too off. Yeah, like I mean Burns got a very sort of cartoony style, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but if you just compare it to like Oliver's face, where Oliver's quite angular and it works. Barry's head is just mm. super round, and it feels kind of weird. It's like he's, his jaw is too wide. His smile's kind of weird. 
It's, it's, yeah. it's a bit off. It's a bit off for my liking. I agree. Uh, but otherwise, art's very good, of course. Uh, it's, it's got, I, I really like the colour tones in this, actually. It's a lot of... I mean, green, I was just this a lot, but obviously you've got the green that contrasts, and then there's a lot of, like, orange hues in the background. Like, when it goes to the, the Emmy scene when she's talking to the lawyer... Uh, yeah, and it's like just it's all these oranges. Like she's wearing a green shirt, which I, I thought was kind of because obviously her color's yeah. red now. She's red arrow. Like she should be wearing yeah. red. If we're, if we're going by Power Rangers rules, she should always be wearing red. <laughs> yeah, but she's wearing uh, green. I do like too that this whole idea because they they point out that they have the same dad, very different moms, mm. and now that we know that uh, the queen is Moira, that's kind of running things. Is she that different than Shadow? That's you know, like I like that what they think is completely different to what we've seen. Yeah. So I thought that was a fun, fun observation. But uh, yeah, actually, I remember saying last issue, I really hope that whilst all of us are doing stuff, we get adventures of uh, Dina Emmy. and Emmy like in the city, taking care of the city uh, on their own. Yeah. And we don't actually get the scene of them taking care of, but obviously they're setting up that we're going to maybe have some this subplot running throughout the, the arc where. They are dealing with stuff. They're dealing with underground men, and D- Dinah actually says, "Yeah, this this team up because you're going to go do it anyway. I'd rather you do it with me, where I can keep an eye on yeah. you and you know give you some guidance." Uh, and uh, I will say, uh, Emmy here feels a little bit less, uh, I-, I guess, Damien like than usual. Yeah. She feels a little bit Shitty. more. <laughs> she feels a little bit more kid like. Where she, you know that whole little moment where. Uh, there's like, yeah, and you've kind of proven yourself to be a badass. And Emmy just goes, yes! It's like it's, a, it's, it's almost like a, more of a typical sort of uh, excited kid. How old is she? Is she supposed to be like 14, 15? Uh, is is she thir- older than Damien? 13, 14, I think. I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not 100% on it, so I'm not going to... Oh, that makes sense a little bit. You know, let her have her little kid moments. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? I'm actually liking this running joke of the uh, the lawyer like being really mad at Oliver. Yeah. You know? Well, she should be because he jumped on bail. Like that's the one thing you're not supposed to do to your lawyer. No, but if even, watching yeah, lawyer but even, shows. Yeah, but even before that, when she first ran into him last issue, mm-hmm. uh, like she she was very argumentative. Was probably not quite the, the right word, but she she was very assertive. He knows him. that she needs this right for her her career because mm. she is a she is. Is she a public defender or no? I don't think I can't so. Remember. No, I don't think she's public defender. I do know that she needs this case though, and that he's he knows that she because traditionally Kate Spencer's Manhunter, like she takes over that mantle, mm. um, and she always you know she follows through, she's dogged, you know, he knows that, but. But yeah, I get why she's upset because he is a jerk. Like we know this, Oliver no, but Queen. I, I, I just mean obviously she's got a legitimate reason to be upset with him now. But this isn't just new. Like she's she's had no, this. I know, at, I, she's had this attitude yeah. with him since she met him, and I've just been liking this kind of running gag where, like, yeah. she's always got a temper with him. It's just oh, that was fun. Like I'm I'm digging it. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was kind of the subplot, and that sets up that they're going to go and fight the underground men. Uh, actually, do you know what part of the art I really like? Now, obviously, this is maybe more of a, a post, you know. I was going to say post-production. Like, it's got more of a Photoshop effect than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I liked it when uh, Oliver's, like, gearing up to go and find out what's going on after uh, Barry's ditched him. He's in the forest, and he looks at this egg, and this, this bird with speed force comes out of it. Uh, there's a great little depth of field panel where he's out of focus looking at the egg, and the egg's close up. I really yeah. like that touch. It's really nice. It is, yep. 
I think it's a weird thing because I think typically when you think of like doing things after the fact in a computer to the art, that is typically seen as like a bad thing in comics, and often it can be. Like often it can feel kind of forced and kind of cheating and whatever. But depth of feel is one of those weird things where you, you can't really achieve it in in the art mm-hmm. on its own. Yeah, you have to use digital effects. Yeah, and honestly, but depth depth of field is such a strong part of imagery. It's a strong part of photography, and I know it's not photography, obviously, but. It's such a strong part of storytelling in that sense that I, I do kind of like seeing it from time to time. Uh, it's a really nice little yeah. shot. Definitely. So, uh, now nah, we have a big action scene. They go in, they, they, they find, you know, Nine Circle, Black Hole, working together. Uh, they grab the scientist to, because he was close to the, the detonation of the Speed Force bomb, he, like, suddenly, he rapidly ages in, like, three panels and dies, which I thought was a nice little touch. That was a cool little, yeah. cool little, uh, cool little moment. Uh, Definitely. Sets up this. So, uh, yeah, going to Washington, D.C., and they basically, all right, okay, we're going to team up now. Yes, yeah, team up. And they run off to Washington, D.C. Well, Barry runs all over rides his motorbike. Yeah, and we know Wonder Woman's coming next. And we, we do. Know from, yeah. from the end of Rucka's run, she's in Virginia. That's close to D.C. So Plus, it just says at the bottom, next arrows and Amazons. So that kind of tells yeah, you that. Yeah, that too. That too. Diane is maybe <laughs> stepping. No, admittedly, it could could have been Donna. <laughs> yeah. Or could be another Themyscarian, but no, her. <laughs> um, so we talked about Nightwing and the the Arrow villain showing back up there. Do we mm. think he goes up to Blue Demon? Like, um, well, we know he goes to Gotham. Uh, okay. Soon, so I don't know if it'll maybe connect to what's going on in Nightwing. Maybe it'll be briefly mentioned. I'm not sure. Yeah, but, uh, it'd be cool if they did do that though, because yeah, we all know I like continuity, so yeah, it'd be um, cool to kind of see that. No, I thought it was a fun issue, of Green Arrow. I'm like, I'm liking what it's doing. I, it, it didn't. I thought the Rise of Star City and Emerald Outlaw, Outlaw both started stronger than this one, but I am yeah. digging what they're doing so far, uh, and I'm liking the chance for Ollie and Dinah, and Ollie and Dinah, uh, Emmy and Dinah to uh, yeah. do, do their own thing for a little bit. Uh, I think that'll be fun to see as it goes on. Yeah. Definitely. All right, uh, I guess that'll take us on to the other green book. Uh, green Lanterns, number 26. Sam Humphrey's writing Ronan Cliquette on art. Uh, this is a story uh, that is kind of a, a... Well, it's a flashback, but it's uh, it's basically yeah. Rami's journal entries, which serves as the narration for yep. this. And it's basically the story of how him and Volthoom first interacted, how, they, how he ended up creating the rings, why he created the rings... Which uh, is because Volthoom goes nuts and becomes dangerous. But why did he become dangerous? What led to that? And it's it's basically that story. Uh, I quite enjoyed this actually. This was uh... it. So we we have complained about all the the spacey Johnsian space opera mm. stuff, but here I love this. This feels like vintage Blackest Night era Green Lanterns. Where yeah. And do you know why it does? It's because it focuses on two characters. It stays mm-hmm. focused. It's, it's very strong. Obviously, everything. It's also related to everything we've been seeing them build up to over the last year of stories. Mm-hmm. Like all of it's been kind of building to this. This. So having this feels very important. It also does this really cool thing where they actually genuinely seem like friends first, because like, they they agree to help each other. Like Rami wants to experiment with the lantern and. Volthoom wants to go back and save his planet and his mother, and they, they kind of make this deal and they, they, they work together. They try and develop the ring. They they figure out the emotional spectrum. Actually, one of the touches I liked is that the lantern in his chest like lights up various colours. It's always correlating to what he's feeling at that that moment. 
So yep. there's a moment where he gets angry, but then he, he worries that Rami's right and it goes yellow, so it's like fear. Yeah. It's like really really nice little touches like that. I thought that was pretty funny. Yep. And parts of the art. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, art was pretty solid. Um But yeah, it's, it's ultimately like yeah, th- th- this ring's too dangerous. But then the ultimate uh, breaking point is that Rami actually uses the travel lantern himself, uh, and he he sees what actually because uh, Volstum's Earth when that that got destroyed, no one knew what destroyed it. It was like an unknown force, right. an unknown entity. Uh, and Rami uses the travel lantern. He sees what did it, and it turns out it was Volthum himself. When Volthum goes back to try and save it with his powers, it's actually him that destroys the planet in this weird kind of you know closed circle this closed loop of like destiny yeah. like yeah it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah uh, but of yeah. course he doesn't believe him he goes nuts when he finds out and he he starts attacking the guardians he, he kills lots of them and it's him going nuts and becoming this all-powerful being that that prompts rami to destroy the lantern and make the first seven green lantern rings in fact the final moment of the issue is I don't know if I've had six so far, but I'm going to guess yeah. this is the seventh and final uh, first lantern. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, it's very different as well, actually, because it's a, a elemental being of a all, almost Groot-like, uh, if you will, or Swamp Thing-like. Or, yeah. Uh, to to be more DC focused. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see these first seven lanterns together, just because I like when we get new teams and new people. Yeah, yeah. So, and and from all this, you know, we had the, we had the the White Lantern Western kind of character. You had the 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 Third World God character. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that we've had. Uh, we had this, the sort of down the luck, uh, sort of, well, lesbian uh, from the last issue. Oh, remember. that's right. And yeah. then we also had the the, the lion faced one. Because because she stuck out uh, to me is the most memorable because she was so normal. You know, it was like, oh, yeah. she's having trouble keeping a job. It was like a really down-to-earth, like, sort mm-hmm. of story, so hers really stuck with me. That's right. Uh, this one's called uh, Kaleen, for the record. Kaleen yeah. of Alstair. Alstair's the planet. Uh, uh, but, but, but obviously, to see where this goes. Yeah, we, we theorised in the last issue that... Uh, Simon and Jessica, because they get transported at the end of the last one with a travel lantern, that they're probably going to end up back in time with these first seven Green Lanterns, uh, and that should be really exciting. That's why I've been building up and we've been learning who they all are. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if it has been seven. Uh, if it hasn't been seven, then I'd maybe suggest that the seventh will be one that we discover with them at you know at, at the time. Don't don't forget that Jessica's ring is one of the seven. That is two. true. I, so I wonder she who, could yeah. be the seventh at the time. Uh, your your mic's going, Matt. Uh, yep. But, well, I do wonder, like, if her ring is one of the seven, then does, it, does that mean when she meets the seven that like, one of them has her ring? Like, the ring recognises itself. Yeah. And what does that do? What, what does that... Time paradox. Do, do, yeah, feel. does that do something? Does the ring get confused why why it's now talking mm-hmm. like the way it does with Jessica? Because, you know, obviously right. it's, it's got a very unique personality as far as the ring is concerned. Because they all sound the same, except hers. Hers sounds different. Uh, and that's really cool. Uh, no, I had a lot of fun with this. I thought this did a lot to. Uh... I mean, I, I think Volthoom's had a lot of good. I feel like Volthoom's had better character development in this run than he did originally. Because as much as I, you know, it was yeah. fine when he popped up in uh, Johnsy's run, but he popped up in Johnsy's run after Blackest Night. That was when Johnsy's mm-hmm. run started to, you know, go down a little bit. It was maybe not not as great as it once had been. Whereas this, I feel like, it's made him a bit more human, it's made me understand his tragedy a little bit better, 
Uh, and then him and Rami, I feel like their story has given it a little bit more weight. It's t- it's yeah. given a sort of grounding to everything that we've seen with them uh, mm-hmm. and everything we are about to see. I'm actually really excited about this Seven Original Lanterns story coming up. I'm, I'm, Me too. I'm really appreciating how it's built. Uh, I'm really impressed with how far this book came since that first arc that we were, oh, maybe we'll drop this uh, if it doesn't get better after this first one. Yeah, and oh, sure it enough, helps that Atrocitus sure isn't involved, you know? So, do, you, do you dislike Atrocitus? I like Atrocitus, but I feel less is more with him. So That said, you know, if Dexter wants to show up soon, I'm, yes. not, I'm not against well, it. Well, Blaze. I love Blaze as a character. You know, mm. uh, her, hers is... The tragedy there rings more true than, than Atrocitus. So, but yeah, I mean, it's come so far. I really do like Green Lanterns. It really Every has. week it comes out. It's really become something that feels like a big run now, whereas before yeah. it didn't. Uh, yeah. It felt like the, 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 the rage arc at the start was almost this little like tester to just like, dip his toes and like, you know, Humphrey's sort of like got a hold of the characters and then it really started after that. And it's been just sort of building, uh, kind of on itself ever since. Like I really enjoy this yeah. bit now, so it's, it's I'm, good to see. I don't forget too that we have the the hell seed still there. Um, we do, yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm wondering if the seven lanterns might have something to do with that, or because those rings seem different. Like we just know from the way that they interact with Jessica. So. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if they all have these unique properties, and mm-hmm. you know, if she has that one, then did the other six ever go to anyone else? And uh-huh. is is that maybe something we can explore? I don't know. Uh, but no, it's good, good stuff. All right. Well, I guess that'll take us on to our final book of the week. Yeah, it's weird only having six books. I'm so used to it being like at least ten. But <laughs> uh, Deathstroke number twenty-one, Christopher Priest writing. Uh, how do you say? It? Diogenes? Diogenes? Yeah, Diogenes Neves. Diogenes Neves, there you go. Yeah, I was calling Neves. I, I just make it rhyme. It could be completely wrong, okay, but that's how fair. I remember how to say it. That, that is fair. So, uh, we have the start of the Dark Titans arc in Deathstroke. Uh, what what a neat what a neat one for me to jump on for uh, discussing. Yeah, right? Uh, but yeah, so we, we have essentially the formation of this new team, this, this Deathstroke's Defiance team. Uh, although I like Dark Titans as a name more, so I'm probably just going to call them the Dark yeah, Titans. Yeah, well, it's also, this is Adeline's team. We find out that she, this mm. was her idea for, for Joseph. So it makes sense, like, it's given that name because it's it's going to, you know, defy all this other things. But I just like it, it makes sense for... Deathstroke because he's defying who he is. Yeah. Uh, at his core, although maybe not really, because we still see him do some shady stuff, just in the name of good. We we <laughs> do. We basically he he's unsatisfied that there's not a big thing going on for them to go and be heroes for. There's no crisis. Yeah, where's a I cri- love that. Yeah, it's where's a good crisis when you need one is the the phrase that comes out of his mouth. <laughs> so he basically goes and sparks a in international incident. By assassinating someone, and he even says to the guy, "Oh, yeah, I've sworn off killing after this one," and he kills him. Uh, I hope that happens more. I hope every time we see him, they go, "Yeah, but you turn good." Yeah, I will after this one. So I feel uh, like just a, I just I feel like you know if he's still going to kill, that's okay. It could be more of a Red Hood esque hero where he's still willing yeah. to kill uh, when the situation calls for it, but. Uh, but, but his hey, public persona is that he's reformed, so it's taking people by surprise, you know. 
It is, it is. But it's, it's, he does this to spark the incident. Uh, we get this cool scene where, you know, they, they call the Justice League, oh, there's 102 American hostages at the yep. embassy. We have to go and save them. And then Deathstroke in, intercepts the call and says, nope, stand down, Justice League. We've got this. <laughs> Uh, and that's where we get the first cool two-page spread of like the whole team together. Well, almost the whole team. There's one member who doesn't get introduced till the end of the issue. Uh, but so we get all the whole team, at least up until now, in costume, going to save the day. Uh, and we've, you know we have various like other scenes. Like we we see we see a new Wally meet a new Power Girl, and they they interact and they discuss like is Deathstroke for real? Is he really trustworthy? Can we do this kind of thing? And, you know, there's a, I thought it was maybe a little bit clunky how Wally had to have a page just to, kind of explaining why he was here. Right after he explained to Power Girl while he was there. Like yeah, that so, was yeah, that was a problem. That was enough. And then we have this page of, like, here's a here's one panel of him and Barry. Here's a panel of him and yeah. Iris. Here's a panel of him and whoever. Like, it's like, it didn't really like need filler. this page. Yeah. yeah. It didn't feel like filler. I do love their interaction, Power Girl and, and New Wally, mm. uh, Kid Flash. And he's like, oh, you're on the team. Did you graduate high school already? She's like, I have two PhDs. Yeah, he's like, I'm, like in, I'm, I'm in 10th grade. She's like, I've got two yeah. PhDs. And they're like the <laughs> same age. Or... It was, what grade are you in? I'm yeah. in 10th. That's what it was. And she's yeah. like, I have two PhDs. But just the way that she looks at him and addresses it, it killed me. Uh, and also how they're both – because I didn't read Teen Titans when she was on the team. So it's, she's still sore that she wasn't asked to be part of this oh, yeah. new me, one me, by yeah, Damien. This was new 52 Teen Titans. It's, like, it's, yeah. not, it's not a surprise that neither of us read that. No, but I like that she's still a little bit sore. She wasn't asked to be on that, but mm. now she has this purpose. And I like these two bouncing off each other because they both are kind of products of the new 52 that aren't necessary, but you can do cool stuff with, like here in Deathstroke and even Flash. Because we have... Yeah, we have Ginger Wally back. I, I think we don't really need New Wally. I think it's but... interesting you point that out. I actually kind of like that idea that they're, they're both kind of rejects in this weird way because they both came yep. out of an era that no one likes. Yep. So they're going to do something interesting with them. It's it's almost kind of like uh, okay, you have a bunch of C-listers. No one really cares about them. And I'm not saying these are C-listers. I mean they kind of are, no. but uh, yeah. like you have a bunch of C-listers. What do you do with them to make them interesting? Oh, you put them in a team. Make make it a new team who are trying to prove themselves together. And Secret maybe... Six. That's what launched Secret Six, and then Catman became people's favorite character. You know, even on even on TV, Legends of Tomorrow. That's, I mean, that's a yeah. group of C and D listers, but somehow you make them a team, and then all of a sudden it feels like, oh, okay, this is their own thing. This is this can be something. Uh, Definitely, and you go with that. Uh, also, uh, Joseph's on on the team because he just wants to try and stay close to Slade to investigate him to see if he killed his his fiance. I like that because that was my biggest problem coming forth that we had this whole wedding thing and then we never mm. got to see the wedding and here it puts into oh she was murdered before the wedding could even go off so who was it and mm. he has that list of who killed uh eddie and rose is on there and mom's on there and deathstroke's on there and i like rose even brings that up yeah well also it's worth mentioning here that they, they speculate maybe it wasn't him but it probably was him and yeah. then later on the issue wintergreen and adeline are talking about it and right. they go, yeah, but we both know it wasn't. And I'm like, oh, what did they know? Who, who did they know who did it? Was it her? Is, yeah. is this is this shady game from her side of the you know, the aisle? Like, what's what if it? What if it's Billy Wintergreen and he did it to save the family? 
Well, well, this is the thing. Like, when I agree at the end, like he seems to be agreeing to like backstab Slade, which feels really against his character, given everything yeah. we've seen from him. Uh, and that's when they introduced the final member of the team that they're bringing on to it, who's, who's Terra, which makes me question, did Judas' contract uh, happen in this timeline? I don't know. I guess it didn't. It's, yeah. But then what was the whole point of the Lazarus contract? Like... I guess. I'm confused. <laughs> because that was the whole point, is... What, there, what, uh, well, what did they say in Lazarus' contract about what actually happened uh, with... Because Ravager... So, I, I granted that was all about Ravager. And then yeah. the deal that Dick made was to train Rose. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. This is... My, my... But then again, I do this, Priest does this, and then it pays off in three issues. So, oh, sure. maybe we'll yeah. get... But, I, you know, they introduced her smoking, which was, you know... That was one of the things about Tara is that she looked like this innocent girl, and you see that oh no, she's far from it. She's a smoking, drinking, cussing like a sailor, you know, two bit hood. Well, I so mean, he, obviously Wintergreen. I'm assuming it's Wintergreen who's like Tara. Yeah. Uh, he's shocked to see her, so he seems to know who she is. So clearly, yeah. there's some kind of history. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure we'll find that out as we go forward. Uh, I'm liking the outfits. The outfits are pretty cool. The black and yeah. white uh, suits are cool. Nice and uniform. Which Don't I like a cape on on Deathstroke though. That's just weird. Cape is a little bit weird. Yeah, that's fair. But maybe that'll, that'll have a point. But he looks, he looks like a, a random '90s hero, which I kind of love. Yeah, I, I do. I do like the look of them. Uh, I do want to point out that uh, Slade is very close with this new dog that he bought, Power Girl. Even though he's as... the one who killed the old dog. Yeah. It feels very, I don't know. It's just sitting on his lap, you know. But yeah, I like, I like this is the new era for Deathstroke. I've never, granted I've never been into that, the character that much, but from what I know about him, he's not a team player. Do, so the fact that you're throwing him on a team is pretty great. Do you think there is a small chance that he wasn't the one who murdered the guy? Because he's in costume, right? And obviously it plays very much like it cuts back to him on the couch going, oh, now we have a game. Like I yeah. wonder if it's a misdirect and it wasn't actually him that killed the uh, the, the chauffeur dude. Yeah, because he was in the Deathstroke costume, not the new Deathstroke costume. But then again, I see this as an ends justifying the means, and the guy, the guy was you know a drug dealer type, you know. It's just it's just it's the way I'm just looking at the pages now. It's the way it happens, and then it cuts yeah. to the next page, and he's already sitting on the couch watching the the news story, and I'm like, you know, I read that as being him, but I'm thinking, you know, that could be a misdirect. It could actually be someone else. Like, it could that was be the whole someone... point of the chi- yeah, that was the whole point yeah. of the Chicago issue, was someone's pretending to be him. Yeah, I I could see it playing that, and then people are going to like debate, like you know, speculate later on, like, wait, did you kill this guy? Have you really turned over a new leaf? But maybe mm-hmm. he he is actually trying genuinely to not kill people, but someone else has thrown a wrench into it already. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Like I'm wondering if there's a misdirect there, and it isn't yeah. actually Slade. Uh, because, because, because then the question becomes: if he if he is really trying to keep up the public persona of someone who isn't killing, then would he maybe wear something else? You know, rather yeah. than his classic costume when he goes and does this. I don't know. Uh, be weird. Some speculation worth. So you know, is Wintergreen playing against the rest of the the team? Is he is he going to actually backstab Slade, or is he actually working for Slade? And there's some weird double cross, triple cross thing going on that. We can't perceive yet because Priest is playing the long game and it's it's almost impossible. Did Terra yeah. kill uh, what's her face? That's what I'm. That's mm. what I'm starting to believe is 
Adeline has more to do with this. Like, I feel like there's a misdirect coming that we think that Deathstroke's the big bad, right? Because his mm. morals and he's nuts. And but what if it's Adeline and she's just as bad? And that's why they were always going to hit for each other. What if they really set this team up as a long-term thing by having them come together because they end up realizing that Deathstroke's being framed for something and they all yeah. work together to stop Terra and Adeline. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of possibilities from this. I'm, I am, Me too. You know, after a very rough crossover, and it was very rough, I'm excited yeah. for where this could be going now, which is nice. So, yeah. Nah, that's cool. So uh, I thought it was a solid issue. Uh, yeah, no, it's good, good stuff. So there you go. That's all the books. That's what's done. Like that was, that was quick. That was a shorter episode. Too quick. Now. Too quick. Yeah, six is not enough books. We need need more books. Uh, not any other week. The other weeks are fine. Just week one. Week one's the the quieter week. Luckily though, we're going to have a lot of tie-ins for events and stuff coming up soon. So we're bound to get some of those on one uh, on well, week ones. And and I looked at next week's books already, and there's. There's so a, much. A lot of books. But before we get to next week's books, we do have to do our favourites, but we also have to uh, have a look at what Patreon voted for. Because obviously one of the perks on Patreon uh, for the $1 tier is that uh, you get to vote on your favourite of the week uh, so that we can read the results in the following week. So for last week's books... I'm just getting the the file open here, uh, do forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, but So for last week's books, favourite book of the week uh, did go to... Detective Comics, actually, because yeah. mm-hmm. we uh, we went with Supergirl being super. Although I think uh, I think Connor didn't know. I think Connor went with uh, something yeah. else. Connor, I, I can't remember what. Um, so that's that's what best comic went to. Best art went to Wonder Woman, which is pretty fair. Uh, yeah. uh, not what I picked, but it's pretty fair. And best cover uh, did go to Supergirl being super. So so, so one, one agreed with some of us. That's that's nice. Uh, but there you go. So that, that was uh, what the patrons picked the last week in the uh, weekly mm-hmm. patrons vote uh, for best books and stuff for the week. Uh, so obviously the next voting will go up before the end of the week and you'll have until we record the next episode to vote on it if you're on Patreon. Uh, but yeah, so what are our favourites of the week though? That's the real question, Matt. That's the real question indeed. Yeah. So best panel of the week. Do you have one at the ready? Are you prepared to... I, I do. And it should come as no surprise. Go on. Uh, wow me. It's 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 from Batman, and it's the the entire page. I think it was a two page spread because I read it digitally. Mm-hmm. But it, it's Riddler and Ivy walking through the park, talking as she's taking out Falcone's goons with the plants. And Batman's talking about how each one of them was, you know, he was doing it for this reason, this, and this guy was actually one of Gordon's guys working undercover, and. It's just it looks so great. There's motion to it from the way they walk and and all the guys being taken out and it just shows how deadly Ivy can be. And now you're gonna introduce Riddler to that equation and it's pretty crazy. That's that's fair. I am also gonna pick a panel from Batman. However, oh. I am gonna go with the Joker trying to smile in the mirror, which technically is a lot of panels. If I'm if I'm picking just one of them, it'll be the final one where he's really upset that he can't. But yeah. um, that 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 page really spoke out to me. Uh, really it's a it's a good one. Like it, it's really gorgeous. But what I like about it is that it's it's doing a lot of storytelling with just the visual. I mean, there's a lot of text on the on the page because it's, we're hearing about what's going on in the grand scheme yep. of things. But in terms of what Joker's going through in his head, 
it tells you a lot without saying anything about it. It's yeah. just him uh, staring at himself in a mirror. It's great. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the art's a big deal there. The, the art is what really makes it. But uh, uh, no. So, uh, best cover of the week. You got one of those, Matt? I, I do, but it's a cheat because it's a variant. No, um, not allowed. I'll just say that the Batman variant with Poison Ivy has been my background on my phone and iPad since the first time we saw it. It's a beautiful cover. Well, um, that's But nice. having not been able to choose that uh-huh. one, it is going to be from Batman. Um, it's it's the regular one with the puzzle piece yep, of, yep. of Joker and his smile's missing. On, so honestly... I feel I feel bad for Deathstroke because had that had that Batman cover not been there, that Deathstroke yeah. would have probably won uh, with the, the the team all in the white and black. Mm-hmm. But uh, that Batman cover is gorgeous because it's Janet, and I love the idea of that they've incorporated both the Joker's the image, but it's all yep. puzzle pieces, which obviously makes it a Riddler related as well. I like yeah. the, I like that mix. It's a really cool idea. So yep. uh, now Batman gets best cover as well. Is there, even Green Arrow was close though. Yeah, Green Arrow cover is pretty great too. Green yeah, Arrow's pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's almost no point in me asking this, but best art of the week. Well, uh, I mean, it could go. It's definitely Batman. It's definitely Batman. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not to you know say anything bad about the other art this week, but it's Batman. I don't like having Batman in all my choices, Pete. I don't. Well, I, I guess that leads me to the big question then: your top five yeah. of the week, yeah. which it's, is all. Which I have. Is, Five out of six books that you read will be making the list. So yeah, yeah. So so one's gonna be Batman. Um, two's gonna be. I guess I'll go Green Lanterns. It's that mm-hmm. one's tough. Three's Deathstroke. Four's Green Arrow. And man, I guess I'll go five Superman because I like the father son stuff. And I like Nightwing too. I don't like leaving it off, but it was just that one long. Mm action sequence so um yeah batman's my number one green lanterns is my number two deathstroke's my number three four would be nightwing and five would be yeah green arrow i'd probably leave superman mm. off uh but it's, it's not i feel i feel like there's not a lot in it between the the, the like my bottom two and then the sixth one that's left mm. off they're, they're all pretty kind of similar uh, but my top three is the exact same as yours, and I think they're the definitely the best three books of the week. So there we go. That's, that's this week's favourites, which I guess leads me to tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics that we'll be covering in one way or the other. And I closed that page. Why did I do that? That was silly. Way to go. That, that was silly business. But here we go. So coming next week, we have the next big issue uh, in the upcoming event, which is Dark Days, the casting issue one. Which is the second prelude issue to uh, mm-hmm. to to the, the event. Metal. Uh, sorry. To metal. To metal. What did I, what did yeah. I say? No, you just you did. All right, okay. I, was, I thought you were correcting me. I was, I was like, what, what, no, what? no, no, no. I was, I was trying to help you out because you kept saying it's like you forgot what it was called for a second. Oh no, my head's just away with it. I'm just I'm not all here this week, folks. I, I do apologize. Uh, but also coming next week is Action Comics nine eight three. Did All Star Batman make the cut or did I get pushed? Nope. 
It's not on here. It's, it's not pushed. on here. It's been pushed. All right, so ignore that. Uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, number 12. Detective Comics, 960. The Flash, number 26. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number 24. Uh, we're not covering it, but Justice League of America, number 10's out. New uh, Superman, 13's out. Supergirl, 11. Superwoman, 12. Titans, number 13. Wonder Woman, 26, which should be interesting, because, of course, we've got a new team on that yeah. for the next arc. Uh, also out, but we're not covering, is Suicide Squad, number 21. And Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 12. That is a certain certain missing member of this show's uh, favourite book. Uh, so yeah. he'll be excited about that. Yeah, uh, I wanted to point yeah. out a book that's out uh, next week too. It's called American Way. That was above and below. It's written by Stephen Ridley, who wrote um, 12 Years a Slave. All right. Okay. And yeah, and it's a six issue thing, but it's basically a like a take on the government. It says it's been a decade since the Civil Defense Corps was exposed as a fraud. Created by the U.S. government for propaganda purposes, while most of the heroes who survived the catastrophe have retired or disappeared, the new American still carries on, trying to keep communities safe amid the social turmoil of the 70s. So, seems like it's a, a little socially inclined, but it's, yeah, it's written by John Ridley, and then art by George Gianti, who did the Buffy stuff for Dark Horse. Oh, oh cool. Uh, is this a DC book? Yeah, it's DC. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what imprint it's coming out on. It's just, but it's listed under DC. Um, clicked on it, so it, I, I mean, it, it seems like it'd be primed for Vertigo, but it doesn't have a label. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, well, they're, they're, apparently they're going to do a new line coming next year because they, they think yeah. Vertigo as a brand is kind of done. Like they feel like it's not yeah. any name recognition anymore. Uh, so I, I don't know whether, but I, I did not know about this. It sounds interesting. But yeah, it seems I just I saw that name. I saw uh, Stephen Ridley and. The fact that he's jumping, he did the movies and then TV, and now he's jumping into comics. I think that's, you know... So I'm probably going to pick it up and give it a whirl. That's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so a lot of books next week. Uh, I think... What did, well, how many that? I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got ten books next week. Which is... Honestly, which... I, I like ten. It, t- ten's a good number for me. I feel like when it's hitting like 13, though... Which, you know, every, every so often when we have maybe an extra event book or something with one of these yeah. busy weeks, it hits like 12, 13, and that's when I start to feel it be a little bit of a, a like, oh, that's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Ooh, but, also, Planetary Book One. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, I agree. I, I have the same number, too, because you read Birds of Prey. Mm. Uh, I don't, and I read Howlin' Pals, and you don't, so... Um, just a nice little balance. I'm glad we're not reading Justice League, because that would put us at 11 a piece so well that's ultimately why we, we drop things like just leave america when yeah. it's something we're not really feeling and we're just kind of like begrudgingly reading it it's hard to do that when it's the 11th book of the week yes you know when you've read 10 books already it's like oh i don't really i don't really want to read this last one uh yep. you know it kind of it, it puts a damper on things but plenty to talk about next week mm-hmm. so there we go that's been episode 59 of comics from the multiverse yeah any final thoughts, Matt? No, just uh, Dark Days of the Casting. Super stoked. As am ready, I am. ready to see where that goes. And if I'm you missed out on the first printing, the Forge number, or second printing mm. is going to be out on Wednesday too. So pick that up. Become We, we need a, a name for DC fans. You always have the Marvel zombies. Like Those are people that pick up anything Marvel. I feel like we need that for DC. How about... Uh, the DC Master Race. How's, how's that sound? Let's, I don't like that. <laughs> okay. 
I get where it comes from. I get, you know, but... Yeah, for people who think I'm making a... I mean, arguably <laughs> arguably, it's still a very inappropriate joke, but it, yes. it, it's based on uh, video games. Uh, people who yes. like to play games on PC, because PCs are superior if you spend the money on them to consoles. Yeah. Uh, there's a, just a running joke in the internet that they refer to yes. themselves as the PC master race. Yeah. And obviously PC and DC are very similar, very similar. phrases. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I just... I'll wait with it, all right? What do you want from it's, me? It's hilarious, but just let the record show that I was against it from the start. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's not committing to it, that's fair. No. Um, no, I... Also, it's worth mentioning, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't speak to it. It's not that surprising, but... Uh, Scott Snyder put out a, a reading list for DC Metal. Uh, yeah. Which was basically, he said, oh, DC are going to make a proper one, but me and my kids drew this one up quickly. And it was just That's this hand great. handwritten, you know, the, the main issues, and then there was like, uh, the Gotham's Resistance little crossover in the middles in here, and then the second little four-issue crossover which we spoke about. We don't, I think there, there was a name for it on this little reading list, uh, so I wish I had it in front of me, but it was um, two issues of Justice League, one of, I think, Harley Quinn, and one of Hal Jordan. And that's like in the second sort of chunk of it, uh, but it was a, it was just a nice little reading list. So you put that. Out I time. like, I like that that Snyder's making Hal Jordan. Like it, it was always one of those things like that we thought Johns was pushing Jordan because mm. we all knew that he loved his. But the fact that Snyder's using him as the Earth Green Lantern that's wrapped up in this, mm. I really like. Yeah. So yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense as well because if if someone's like, oh, I want to read the event, but I'm not reading any Green Lanterns. If they go yeah. to the event and the Green Lantern in the book is Hal Jordan, the one they probably know the best, that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense to me. Like, using the main one for the events. Yeah. Not, not that the others shouldn't get their time in the sun, because they should, but it, it, it makes sense from this point of view, because it's not a Green Lantern-focused event, it's, it's elsewhere. But there we go, that's, uh, that's episode 59. Uh, let us know what you thought of this week's books in the comments, whether you're on YouTube, or you're on the iTunes, or you're on the SoundCloud. Get us on Twitter at yep. mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates, podcast updates and stuff. Um, I'm at Wibble89, Matt is at Matt of Steel 57 if you want to get us individually. Uh, but uh, no, that is us. Uh, obviously, if you want to support the, the podcast, you want to support what we do, and get some hopefully some cool bonuses, you can head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Um, and if you do sign up uh, at the $5 tier, you get some bonus comics content. Uh, me, and the, me and all three of us actually recently did uh, Black Magic issue 6 after me and Connor did uh, the first trade. That's the Greg Rucker series about uh, witches that's cu currently coming out from Image. Uh, that's really good. So there's some bonus content like that on there. Uh, but I'll be really just get like a, a, a nice feeling from supporting us more than anything else. Uh, mm -hmm. But so head over there, check out that. Uh, but that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching and or listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, so yeah, that's us guys. And always remember, never get lost in the Speed Force. Long live the Legion.